Hello, and welcome to another episode of Curve Beam Connect. Today, I am joined by Dr. Suhir Reddy, MD, who is an orthopedic surgeon who specializes in foot and ankle conditions and sports-related injuries. With Curve Beam's user meeting less than 100 days away, we're sitting down with some of our featured speakers to give you a taste of what you can expect if you attend. Dr. Reddy, thank you so much for joining me for a conversation today. Well, thank you for having me. Great. Well, why don't we start with you telling us a little bit about yourself and your clinical practice? Sure. Yes. Yeah. So I'm a practicing orthopedic surgeon uh, in Rockville, Maryland, so just north of Washington, D.C. Uh, I practice orthopedic foot and ankle surgery, uh, meaning that I take care of pretty much all disorders involving uh, the foot and ankle. Um, I also do uh, general orthopedics as well, uh, but foot and ankle is the bulk of my practice. Great. Uh, how long have you been in practice in Rockville? So I've been in practice for 12 years uh, now. Wonderful. And that's sort of after residency and fellowship, your first uh, full-time position was in Maryland? That's correct. Yep. So I uh, did my residency at the Hospital University of Pennsylvania in Philadelphia. Uh, and then I did a fellowship at the uh, University of California in San Francisco uh, in sports medicine. And then I also did a foot and ankle fellowship with Roger Mann uh, in Oakland. Uh, and then came to Maryland to practice. And I was actually in Frederick, uh, Maryland, uh, for about seven years. Uh, and then came to Rockville five years ago and been here ever since. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, so uh, you have been a Curve Beam weight-bearing CT user for at least five years now. Um, you've, you've had the pet cat at your practice for quite a while. That's correct, yeah. So uh, I started using it in 2017, actually, when I came uh, to Rockville. Uh, and it was actually one of the um, kind of requirements that I had wanted in place, uh, knowing uh, the technology and knowing the potential that I had for foot and ankle surgery. Uh, I had actually tried to uh, get it in Frederick Unfortunately, they uh, did not allow it. They did not want to uh, uh, to have it in place. And so uh, it was really one of the things that I believed in strongly. And, and so the hospital that I'm with now uh, was nice enough to, to acquire it um, before I started. That's wonderful. So uh, that's uh, a great uh, tool you used to uh, when you're coming on to the practice to kind of leverage that as a, a signing on um, incentive. One of the first questions I was actually going to ask you uh, is that the weight-bearing CT system is a, if I understand correct, it's a joint venture between the hospital and the orthopedic practice, right? Could you explain a little bit how that's structured and what that looks like from more of an operational point of view? Yes, absolutely. So uh, when we uh, wanted to acquire it, uh, so the practice that I'm with uh, approached the hospital uh, the health system uh, about acquiring uh, the uh, weight-bearing CT scanner. And so essentially, we both, we being the practice in the hospital, both acquired uh, the uh, the system. Uh, and it's actually uh, under the purveyorship of the Adventist healthcare system. So they, in turn, uh, bill the patients. Uh, all the patients get sent there. Um, and so as far as the protocol and uh, you know, in terms of using it, but that's basically how it how it came about, and so as part of the maybe a criteria, if you will, or, or uh, part of the deal of, of acquiring it, uh, I also helped do some advertising uh, for uh, the local community, uh, touting the the benefits of weight bearing CT scans, uh, advertising it to other 
uh, orthopedic surgeons who may not know about the technology, where it can be helpful, which in turn helps the health system in terms of driving a volume uh, for the, uh, the weight-bearing CT scanner. And, and so far, it's worked out well. Interesting. So, so essentially, in sort of the agreement that uh, the, the health system said, we will get this technology for you, but one of the things you need to do for us is help to educate uh, both patients and providers about the value of the technology? That's correct. Yeah, sort of like I scratch your back, you scratch mine. Uh, so it became a symbiotic relationship, uh, which had been very helpful. Uh, in addition to, uh, in terms of, of getting it, uh, we also had to educate the radiologists who weren't really familiar with the technology, uh, where it can really be helpful. Um, I had actually given them uh, several studies uh, that had looked at uh, weight-bearing CT scans and how it had been helpful and how it had translated uh, you know, actually from you know, the dental field uh, as well and kind of further expanded now into to knee and uh, hip arthritis as well. So actually, I'm in the process of trying to convince my partners who, who do hip and knee surgery uh, of trying to get on board to try to get a, a scanner that goes a little bit further up uh, and potentially getting you know, entire uh, limb length uh, uh, studies. Continuing on that theme of, of creating awareness and education, um, you did write a piece for the American Orthopedic Foot and Ankle Society for them to use on their patient-facing uh, education website, right? Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yes, absolutely. So uh, it is what's called Foot Care MD. Uh, it is the patient education website or the patient education arm of the American Orthopedic Foot and Ankle Society or AFAS. And so one of the uh, main objectives of AFAS is to educate the public uh, on foot and ankle conditions uh, so that they're better able to make decisions affecting their own care. Uh, and one of the things that I found early on in terms of talking about weight-bearing CT scans is that patients really have very little idea of what you're talking about. Uh, let alone, one, do they even know what a CT scan is? And two, why does it even have to be weight-bearing? And you know, what's the importance of this? I have to stand in this funny machine and then hold on to these you know, bars and then get this study, and then I'm not even sure what to do with it. And so, uh, so that's one of the reasons why we came up with this uh, website and we populated it with multiple articles. And so one of the ones that I did was uh, on weight-bearing CT scans, where it's just a simple uh, you know, question and answer based uh, article that patients can read through within a few minutes and at least have some idea of what it is, why we get it, how it's important. Uh, so they're not looking at me or trying to figure out, you know, five minutes after they leave the office, well, what on earth did Dr. Reddy say? And what am I supposed to do with this piece of paper that, that says I have to get this study? So your education efforts actually extend beyond just your regional uh, patients and providers, but actually national or even globally, because you are going on some of these uh, larger platforms to educate uh, everyone about what weight-bearing CT is at a very fundamental level. That's wonderful. Yes, uh, absolutely. And, and I, I found it very helpful. And, uh, you know, I think it can, it can only help patients, I think, the more that we educate them, you know, to, to give them as much information as possible so that they can make the best possible decisions for themselves. What suggestions would you have for a surgeon at an orthopedic practice or at a hospital who'd like to do some of the same, who would like to maybe use social media or more traditional means to educate uh, their providers and patients, but they're not sure where to start? Uh, what advice would you give them? So I would, if you can, uh, probably tout some of the benefits uh, of it. One of the ways that providers really understand things well, at least it's been my experience, is that they understand cases, you know, they understand patients because we've all had either difficult 
patients or challenging cases. And if you can show them, hey, this is how uh, I used it to help me solve this uh, particular problem, or this is how it helped my decision making, clinicians can really understand uh, that. Uh, and, you know, in general, we're all visual people, uh, particularly with social media, you know, there are pictures everywhere, there are videos everywhere. And so I usually just show images of, look, this is what a non-weight-bearing study looks like. This is what a weight-bearing study looks like. And this is, you know, how it can really alter your decision-making. And, um, and so that's usually where, where I start with. And then, then after that, you know, kind of peeling back some of the other issues, you know, with insurance or, you know, how long it takes, you know, the radiation, uh, you, know, uh, you know, concerns about that. And, and so after that, it's usually fairly straightforward in terms of you know, getting other people on board with that. In, in terms of insurance, do you have any success stories uh, in terms of maybe one of your payers uh, was more resistant to reimbursing for these studies and how you were able to come over that? Yeah, so, so some of them, it, it took a while. Uh, and uh, I actually sent, uh, so my billers actually sent some of the literature uh, about this, uh, you know, touting some of the benefits of it, where it can be helpful, um, how it's actually more uh, cost efficient, if you will, uh, in comparison to getting a conventional CT scan. Uh, and so it, it was helpful for like, like Blue Cross, Blue Shield, um, and uh, some of the other uh, plans, um, but actually even you know, Kerbeam did a lot of the kind of tough work with that as well in terms of getting it, you know, on um, uh, a lot of plans. I mean, now very rarely does it ever get uh, rejected. Uh, I've only had, you know, very few patients, uh, mostly like Medicaid, uh, you know, or, or, or um, you know, plans like that where it can be a little bit more difficult. Mm -hmm. Well, that's great to hear. And, and anytime we're talking about education, uh, you know, uh, just as important as patients and providers are payers. So, uh, you know, yes, like you absolutely. said, yes, yes. So like you said, you know, you might have to modify the message a little bit to emphasize uh, where you're actually uh, helping to make uh, healthcare more efficient. Well, I'd like to go back a little bit to a point that you made about communicating with radiologists because um, with, so our user meeting is focused on our current customers and helping them maximize the potential of the systems. And one of the uh, pain points that we tend to hear from some practices is that getting the orthopedic surgeons and the radiologists on the same page, basically getting the radiologist to understand uh, how the technology uh, could be utilized, how that would be different from the full body CT scanner in the practice. So could you maybe provide us with some insights after going through that, what was effective in helping you communicate the value proposition to radiologists and getting them on board? Yeah, so so where I first started was actually showing them the literature. Uh, and uh, in particular, there was one study from uh, uh, JBJS back in 2017 uh, with uh, Lou and uh, Cesar Donetto, where they actually took a group of non-weight-bearing patients, uh, did a conventional CT scan, if you will, and they did weight-bearing CT scan uh, for uh, planus or you know um, acquired uh, uh, flat foot deformity, and showed how much those values differed and how it can affect <clears throat> uh, the surgical management uh, of this deformity. And so, and then I showed them uh, you know a couple of images of things that I'm looking for and how I use it to to determine my surgical plan. And so from there, they really 
kind of bought into the idea of weight-bearing CT scans, where it can be helpful. And then I, in turn, told them, look, this is really what I'm looking for. These are the measurements that I want. Uh, and, and one of the things, too, is that when you get the study, it's a lot of data, and you're trying to sift through what's important, what's relevant, uh, and what isn't. And so, you know, after I'd kind of gone through that with them, you know, they really bought into the technology, and they really like it uh, uh, at this point, more so than, you know, just using conventional uh, CT scans. Mm -hmm. Have you gotten any feedback from them uh, from their perspective, what it is they like about the modality? Yeah, I mean, they like the fact that it's weight-bearing, that you can really assess deformity. Uh, you can really assess uh, where people, you can really pinpoint where their problems are, whereas in a non-weight-bearing study, you may not necessarily know. Uh, and in particular, this is true for arthritis. This is the reason why we get weight-bearing films when we're assessing knee arthritis, hip arthritis, ankle arthritis, you know, when we are assessing flat-foot deformity or post-traumatic deformities, we always get weight-bearing uh, x-rays. And so before weight-bearing CT scans came about, we had this convention of getting weight-bearing x-rays. And then if we had any issues or questions, we would get a non-weight-bearing CT scan. So you're kind of going back to that old algorithm of, of using a non-weight-bearing study, which, you know, in certain instances, it would probably be okay, but there'd be other times, and I can certainly show cases or, or discuss cases where it certainly affected, you know, my management or where things were missed because you don't really know the extent of the deformity or the condition involved. And that's really where weight-bearing CT scans have really been a game changer, in my opinion. Well, that's excellent to hear that there is buy-in from uh, that the radiology department. Uh, it probably makes... Uh, being able to uh, look at the scans and interpret the scans together a lot more of a smooth process. Um, I kind of want to also go back to you mentioned that the health system had said, all right, we will we will get this modality for you, but you need to make sure it gets used essentially um, and uh, make sure that everyone is aware and educated and, and understands uh, what weight-bearing CT is useful for. And actually, one of the topics that you were lecturing about at our user meeting is how to create a marketing education campaign for patients and providers. Uh, can you give us a little bit of a preview of what you're going to be discussing in that talk? Yes, absolutely. So one of the things that we did is we created a brochure uh, and we put together images uh, we put together some of the benefits of weight-bearing CT scans, where it can be used, and we actually circulated it to various orthopedic providers, uh, urgent care centers, uh, people, anybody who would be ordering a CT scan uh, or x-rays, people who evaluate musculoskeletal conditions, one, just to promote the awareness of the technology, and then you know to really advertise that people can send their patients here. The other thing too, people oftentimes think that this is like a conventional CT scan or it you know, involves just as much radiation or it takes just as much time. And the reality is that you can get it a lot quicker with a lot less radiation uh, to the patient. So it's really a safer and more convenient way of getting, uh, getting valuable data. And so, so that kind of, um, port, you know, kind of went projected into, you know, advertising it to as many providers as we could, you know, other health systems even, you know, where it's really been effective uh, for us and it's actually been very profitable for the radiology department. That's really excellent to hear. Um, so primarily a brochure that you distributed to these various stakeholders. Um, what was the feedback that you received from that? Uh, 
before you got to the point where there was a lot of buy-in and and before the system became a profit center, uh, was there any initial pushback or maybe confusion or or lack of utilization from partners? And if so, how did you overcome that? Yeah. So initially, you know, as with anything else, there's always some reluctance, you know, to adopt new technology. You know, first, like, well, I'm not really sure I'm going to use this. You know, it's really more for the foot and ankle. I don't think it's really relevant. Uh, and one of the things that I really try to hit home is that it can really be relevant for the general practitioner um, as well. A lot of people uh, fix ankle fractures and they may not necessarily be foot and ankle specialists uh, and or, or they, you know, they do tibia fractures or where <clears throat> they take care of foot fractures just in general. And this is where I, I kind of try to help where it can help guide them and also limitations in conventional x-rays where it can be hard to tell if a fracture is healing. And so uh, by doing that, to try to hit home common areas or areas uh, of common interest to try to make it more receptive to, to other people. Uh, but no, it, it certainly took some time uh, to really you know, introduce people to it, to really try to show them where it can help and where there have been some deficiencies in the way things were done previously uh, and where it can really help uh, your practice. And so, so from there, it, it really uh, worked out and people were much more receptive to it. Awesome. Um, and then you did say that now the system is at a point where it is a revenue generator uh, for the health system. Can you talk about that a little bit more? Um, like, what, Do you know what the overall volumes are for the system and uh, any other data like that that you can give us? Yeah, I, I'd say I think we do about 30 scans a month uh, or so, uh, you know, between the various uh, groups and providers uh, around here. I mean, I probably do at least about 10 to 15 uh, a month, um, you know, for either fracture evaluation, fracture healing evaluation, deformities. Um, I get it on all of my um, uh, flat foot deformity reconstructions, Kiovaris, uh, uh reconstructions, uh, some of the lesser toe deformities or bunions. I'm a little bit uh, you know, concerned about, you know, the anatomy people have previous bunion correction uh, and you're trying to assess what would be the best way of trying to, to realign it or correct it. So from uh, that standpoint, uh, so with the, the sheer volume uh, of it, uh, it's already paid itself off really with the, you know, the first couple, maybe the first year or first two years of, of uh, uh, usage of it. Uh, I probably have to get the, the hard data from the radiology department, but uh, it's really been uh, very profitable for them. And uh, like I said, it takes very little space and it's been very easy to use. Uh, the radiologists are all on board with what uh, I like to use it for and, and the protocols and the values that I'm looking for. So. So it's been very helpful. That's excellent. That's uh, that is a true success story, and um, will be. I'm sure you're going to get a lot of questions uh, during networking sessions, during the user meeting, to uh, oh, sure, yeah. more more pearls about how you were able to uh, uh, have that successful implementation uh, of the technology. So. Um, you're going to be speaking on a couple of different topics, but what do you hope as an attendee to get out of the Curve Bean user meeting? So one is, uh, you know, already having been a user, I think really looking at some of the future directions, uh, you know, looking at some of the literature that's out there, uh, I think it's really helpful. I think seeing, you know, how it translates to the knee and, and hip uh, uh, fields uh, within orthopedics, I think would really be exciting. That's one of the things that I would like to see because um, mostly I focus on foot and ankle. So I'd love to see how it translates, you know, to uh, evaluating, for example, like, you know, the failed joint replacement, uh, you know, where conventional x-rays oftentimes doesn't really 
help us that much. And we're kind of, you know, pulling straws or guessing about, you know, why someone is having pain and, uh, and so on. And a lot of times you can evaluate subtle malalignment, you know, that may, you know, be a cause for, um, you know, problems that they're having. Great. Well, we'll try to make sure we have those topics uh, covered for you. Um, I uh, reading a little bit about what you do. Um, I came across that you do perform um, a number of total ankle replacements. And so switching gears a little bit, I just wanted to see if uh, you could talk a little bit more about, um, you know, uh, uh, how many total ankles you might do in a year, uh, what your general approach is, and how you may or may have incorporated weight-bearing CT imaging into your preoperative planning. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so total ankles are a good part of my practice. I probably do about 20 um, ankle replacements um, a year. I also do ankle fusions as well. Uh, really where it's helped me is one, uh, assessing deformity. Uh, so for example, uh, people can have what we call coronal plane deformity, you know, where the ankle tilts uh, into varus or valgus or what we call sagittal plane uh, deformity, uh, and also uh, evaluating the traumatic ankle. So I, I fix a lot of ankle fractures. Uh, I also get a lot of uh, failed fracture surgery, if you will, meaning people who've had surgery, they're having pain still, it didn't heal, or they have residual deformity. And that's really where weight-bearing CT scans have been beneficial uh, one in determining if the ankle can be salvaged, meaning can I revise the fixation or two, if I feel like, look, I just don't think that the ankle is really salvageable, in which case you would do a fusion or an ankle replacement. And that's really where, uh, weight bearing CT scans have been very helpful for me in, in terms of a total ankle replacement. Wonderful. Um, and, uh, do you work with any of the, uh, PSI systems that are offered by any of the vendors or are you sort of manually assessing the weight-bearing CT scan and doing your plan in your head, basically, prior to surgery? Yeah, so it depends on the case. For severe deformities, uh, I tend to do more what we call standard instrumentation. So that's more of the kind of old-style way of using an uh, extramedullary guide and then basing your cuts off of that. Uh, I do use a PSI, uh, patient-specific instrumentation, uh, the one that I use is from Exactech. Uh, it says for their Vantage uh, total ankle replacement, which is relatively new technology. It's been out for about a year uh, now. And so those all tend to use for cases that don't have much deformity or you know, deformity that I feel like I could correct using uh, the PSI technology. And our user meeting is actually not too far. Uh, it's kind of right in your backyard. It's in uh, at the end of the Chesapeake Bay. Uh, have you been to the Chesapeake Bay before? Since you are somewhat of a local, we're going to have people coming in from around the country and around the world. Can you offer any sort of tips or tricks? Oh, it's it's, it's a great area. Uh, I mean, particularly for lots of outdoor stuff. I think it's on Kent Island. That's uh, right. I believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a lovely place. Uh, I mean, it's a beautiful uh, area, a lot of things to do, especially if you like the water or even just going on a hike. I mean, a lot of, you know, uh, natural scenic beauty, uh, lots of things to do. Uh, the ocean's not too far away um, either. Uh, so, and, you know, the weather will still be pretty good. So if you wanted to enjoy the beach, you could, you could do that as well. But people who like to fish or, you know, walk, enjoy wildlife, lots of great restaurants as well. And, uh, you know, it's really fantastic. So. Well, we're so excited to see you there in person. Um, the Curve Beam User Meeting is happening October 17th to 19th at the Inn of the Chesapeake Bay, which is on Kent Island in Maryland. Uh, if you are interested in registering, it is free 
for uh, all Curve Theme customers. And you can do that at curvebeam.com slash user meeting. Dr. Reddy, before we sign off, if someone has listened to this podcast and they're interested in connecting with you uh, and learning more, what is the best way to find you? Oh, sure. So they can email me uh, or they can contact me uh, through my office um, as well. Uh, and so be happy to, to respond and happy to talk with you in further detail about um, how I've enjoyed uh, weight-bearing CT scans, how it's impacted my practice and, and how it can certainly uh, help anyone else's practice going forward. Well, this was very enlightening. Any last thoughts that you would like to leave us with? Yeah, I think it's an excellent technology. I think that the sky is the limit uh, as far as uh, some of the future implications, uh, particularly, like I said, as they expand, you know, into the knee and hip. Uh, we're still uh, in evolving some of the uh, indications for foot and ankle. Uh, I would definitely encourage people who uh, have not looked into it. There's actually an international weight-bearing CT society uh, where uh, we're trying to kind of further evolve and, and develop and refine uh, the indications for using it, where it can help. Uh, and so I definitely encourage anybody who's interested to, to get involved in that society as well. There's an annual meeting uh, uh, as well, and, and people can share research and share ideas. So yeah, it's definitely an exciting field. Well, wonderful. Thank you again. We'll see you here in just a couple of short months uh, at the user meeting. Uh, and hopefully we'll have you on the podcast again because um, I'm sure you've got many more insights to share. Yes. Well, thank you for having me.